Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 60. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $259 each, and everybody's favorite LTB coin is trading at .000141 US dollars each. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty Siberian Husky Maxwell by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. <laughs> We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking about Bitcoins and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Thank you so much for listening, longtime listeners and new listeners. Welcome to the show. Hope you enjoy it. In the first half of today's show, I am thrilled to be speaking with Paul Snow, the chairman of the Texas Bitcoin Conference, which is coming up in less than one week, March 27th through 29th. Of course, there is still time to register for the conference by going to TexasBitcoinConference.com. Make sure to use the Bitcoins and Gravy discount code, which is easy to remember because it is Bitcoins and Gravy, not to be confused with biscuits and gravy. Wink, wink. And in the second half of today's show, I am speaking with the same guy I spoke with in the first half. Yes, ladies and gents, it is Paul Snow once again. Among his many talents, Paul is also the CEO and architect of Factum. Factum is a distributed record-keeping network for securing millions of real-time records in the blockchain with a single hash. Factum introduces honesty to record-keeping. I hear applause. Factum, the Bitcoin community, is behind your project 100%. Nice work, guys. All right, listeners, on today's show, I am thrilled to be speaking with Paul Snow, the chairman of the Texas Bitcoin Conference and the CEO and architect of Factum. Paul, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. It's good to be here, John. It almost feels like deja vu. I know. It does. <laughs> it really does. Isn't it strange? Well, hey, let's jump right in. I want to talk about the Texas Bitcoin Conference, which is coming up. So listeners, you've already heard about the discount code I mentioned in the last episode. So when you go to register for the Texas Bitcoin Conference, you can use that discount code that you can find here in the show notes on Let's Talk Bitcoin and also on my website. You can use that discount code to get, what, Paul, $25 off right? Absolutely. Of the $150 cost of the conference. And then what else? $25 additionally is going to go where? I think in your case to the capital area food banks. Yes, that's right. And you know, there's nothing wrong with you just telling them what the discount code is. Your discount codes, biscuits and gravy, all lowercase. Oh, wait, biscuits and gravy or bitcoins and gravy? Bitcoins and gravy. Sorry. Biscuits and gravy is my favorite breakfast. Sorry. I love biscuits and gravy. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when I'm out for breakfast, I'll actually make a mistake and I'll say, let me get bitcoins and gravy. And they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> well, you know what? I make incredible biscuits and gravy. Really? I, wow. I, yes, absolutely. It's one of my great talents and it's made me the person that I am today, the personal growth that I've seen uh, on the scales. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the kind of personal growth that, uh, that I need yes. to start thinking about myself, man. I got to lose 20 pounds and I really, you know, seriously, uh, I, I got to get on it. This summer is the summer. I told myself that last summer and the summer before and the summer before. So, you know, I want to look good in a one piece again. <laughs> 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 okay, so the charity that we've chosen is called Capital Area Food Banks, and that is a local Austin, Texas charity. And can you tell us a little bit about those guys? 
Capital Area Food Banks is a, an incredible organization. They bring in the food that's donated at churches, at schools, at music events. Anytime you see, you know, you can get in with three cans of soup. They bring all that food into one location, and then they check it for expiration dates, for continuity of packaging and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they build these pallets. I mean, I've, I've gone myself to help. They, they take volunteers to sort food. And it's it's a great way to spend a Saturday. And uh, they take all this food and they put, you know, all the cereal on a pallet, all the canned meat products on a pallet, uh, all the milk products on a pallet and all that sort of stuff. And then they redistribute it back out to food banks and pantries across the state um, so that the the pantries are stocked consistently with the demographic that they serve so so that a food bank that's primarily in a place with a lot of children then they've got a lot of children like food okay. uh, aimed at children and, and seniors seniors and that sort of thing okay it's a great organization so basically using your coupon code you redirect fifty dollars of the hundred and fifty dollars twenty five dollars to yourself you save twenty five dollars and twenty five dollars goes to the capital area food banks so you know you get a benefit and as well as a charity gets a benefit and it's all about promoting these bitcoin accepting charities all these charities are going to get their donation in bitcoin okay that's great and that's just for exclusively for bitcoins and gravy listeners is that right yeah yeah it's <laughs> exclusively if you're listening to this and you came by the bitcoins and gravy promo code uh, by nefarious means, then you really can't use it. We have ninjas that will stop you. <laughs> no, it, it's actually for everybody. Everyone who uses bitcoins and gravy, all in lowercase, all all squished together mm-hmm. as a coupon code, when you register for the Texas Bitcoin Conference, you're going to save yourself 25 bucks, and you're going to help people that are hungry. There are a lot of hungry people in this country, unfortunately, largely due to the debasement of the dollar, but that's another story. Yeah, I was talking to an elderly woman a number of weeks back, and she talked about how what she was seeing today was worse than what she saw during the Great Depression. She was alive during the Great Depression. And, you know, that's happening in small towns and in areas all over the country. But if you watch television, you'd never get the hint that that's actually going on. So anyway, Paul, let's talk about the conference. Now, that's coming up on the 27th. Is that right? Yes, the conference was the 27th through the 29th. The 27th is a kickoff party. Okay. We have some space allocated for us at one of the Seminole Austin venues, uh, Maria's Tacos. And there's a bar there. The first 150 people that have registered for the conference will get a free drink, a beer or margarita, something like that. Nice. And we'll have a good time. There's going to be live music, lots of Bitcoiners, um, a great time. And on the 28th and 29th, we have full packed days of heavy-duty Bitcoin knowledge, everything from highly technical papers and presentations to very fun presentations covering all the various faces of Bitcoin. Okay, and you also have a hackathon going on, is that right? Absolutely, because there just isn't enough going on at two stack days of conference. We have a hackathon that goes on in parallel. At the very end of Sunday night, we'll bring the hackathon winners out onto the main stage. We will announce the winners. And this hackathon has about a million dollars in funding, actually more than a million dollars of funding put up for the winners of the hackathon. This funding is going to be used to carry their projects forward. Last year, one of the winners was Storage, Mm -hmm. S-T-O-R-J. They're 
providing a Dropbox-like functionality that runs on the Bitcoin blockchain, completely distributed and autonomous. Hmm. So there's basically no corporate overhead to this feature of sharing files hmm. like Dropbox works. Right. And they were a winning project at the Texas Bitcoin conference, and they have proceeded forward through a crowd sale and, and through a bunch of prototype systems, and I believe they're right now in beta. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the speakers there. You have some keynote speakers who are notable. Is that right? Absolutely. Our leading guy is George Gilder. George Gilder wrote the book Wealth and Poverty. He will be one of our main speakers, and he will be presenting a monograph about a new theory of money, and he'll participate in a fireside chat with myself and Robert Murphy. Robert Murphy, Dr. Robert Murphy is a um, professor of economics at the Independent Institute, and he is quite high in the Austrian economic school of thought, written many books and many articles. And so that'll be that'll be a really great uh, presentation. We also have um, Sumabala P. Nair, and she is the chief architect of IBM's Adept, the technology behind their Internet of Things that they presented at uh, CES this year. Mm -hmm. We also have John Allen. He's the uh, chairman of the Protector Committee for the Hope Gold Coin and Charitable Trust and senior advisor to the Festival of Hope. Basically, the Hope Gold Coin Charitable Trust is a effort to use cryptocurrency behind charities to reach out and to do a lot of good stuff out in the world. And the people behind it are the people that did Live Aid and Farm Aid. Um, they've been doing essentially concerts for 30 years. So oh, yeah raise funds for to address uh, needs that are out there in, in humanity. Okay. Um, we also have Steve Stockman. Steve Stockman is the guy that introduced the Bitcoin bill here recently. He's a huge, huge cryptocurrency advocate and just a very entertaining individual and very sharp and very bright and very committed to the Bitcoin space. What's really interesting with this selection of speakers, one, none of these have really spoken at a big Bitcoin conference. And two, it's a indication of how Bitcoin is beginning to permeate uh, the world. You have a, a gal from India doing work with IBM and you've got guys from the Reagan administration and whatnot and some of the big thinkers that have got their minds around Bitcoin and realized what a phenomenal earth shattering and disruptive technology this is. And you've got uh, fellows like Steve Stockman uh, a bit more uh, in the mainstream that are uh, doing everything to push uh, Bitcoin forward. And this is, uh, it's just going to be a great event. Now, we've, we've got about 48 speakers last year. We had uh, a few more. It, was a, it, it may have been a little heavy. But this year, it's all on one stage. Every presentation is videoed professionally, and they will all be released within a short period of time at the end, after the end of the conference. Okay. But, but the reason that people go to the conference is to actually meet people face-to-face, -to, -face, to actually um, be able to ask them questions, to interact and to meet people in the Bitcoin space. I'll tell you, I have gone to a bunch of Bitcoin conferences over the last year, and every single one of them, even probably the least organized and, and most chaotic conference, I have come away with uh, something that uh, I found valuable and 
have been able to use pushing both the Texas Bitcoin Conference as well as my own projects. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for people to network, right? I mean, I hesitate to use the word network, but you know, that's really what a lot of it is, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's nothing like walking up to Andreas Antonopoulos and talking to him face-to-face, eye-to-eye. I had no idea how much I'm aligned in thought with Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, but we were sitting at a meal in Dubai, actually. We, we, we went to the Dubai conference, uh, the, the Satoshi Roundtable. Oh, yeah. Where, where we were trying to decide how to make Bitcoin regulated not. But anyway, <laughs> that, that was the, the theory. But I, but, I, but I had a meal with Jeffrey Tucker, and he actually rubbed my head. It, it was probably <laughs> the... You know, we were discussing, everybody at the table was yelling at each other, and it turned out, I, I, I don't remember what I said, but something I said was exactly what Jeffrey Tucker wanted to express, and he rubbed my head. He said, you know, I've got to rub your head, and, and that was a highlight. It was one of those moments, and, and I'll tell you, it, Bruce Fenton actually was the guy that put that on, and he'll be coming to the Texas Bitcoin Conference. So whether you think uh, it was good or you think it was bad, um, uh, that that there be an invite-only uh, conference. Um, go bring it up with him, and and he is a very personal guy. He'll explain exactly what he was thinking, which is basically he wanted a small event with a lot of the people that have been speaking at all the conferences. So in some sense, it was like a speaker-only conference. Um, and it, and it was good. It, it it allowed us to network at a level that we that I haven't been able to network. I, I did more networking at, on that trip than any of the other trips in in, uh, in conferences. And largely, that's what I do. If I go to a conference and I get to hear three or four presentations, then that's that's unusual. Uh, usually, I don't even get to see that. One or two conferences, I didn't see any of the presentations. But some of the conferences, I've seen more. I thought it sounded phenomenal. There was so much conversation about it going on on Reddit. You know, what are these guys planning? It's like the, <laughs> it's like Jekyll Island, or it's you know yeah, the yeah, Bil- yeah. Bilderberg Group or whatever. And it's like, come on, guys, they're just meeting. It's like people were you know hypothesizing that the place was going to be bugged by the NSA. They'd, they'd get there before the conference started. It's like who cares if they did anyway? I don't think that's what it was about. It wasn't about people meeting in a back room saying, okay, we're going to do these things, but we're not going to let anybody ever know about it. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think people blew it out of proportion. They did. And in fact, it was incredibly open. And, and that was what uh, Bruce Fenton said. The, he said the reason that he announced the conference and the reason that he even gave, gave the attendee list was because he didn't want to go behind anybody's back. You know, Jekyll Island was not advertised. Come on. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a... It was a hidden thing, and it was even denied, and it was only later that anybody documented it. And, you know, this wasn't that. And, and no. not only that, the people that were there, not the kind to, to roll over for regulation. But, you know, no. one of the things that we were talking about um, earlier that I'd like to bring up here in the show is the many faces of Bitcoin, and we have those at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. I mean, one of the faces about Bitcoin is the social aspect. You know, what about women in Bitcoin? What about Mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin in developing countries? What about Bitcoin with nonprofits and and that sort of thing? And we've got uh, a couple of panels, and we have a number of speakers that will be addressing those kinds of topics. Another thing that we haven't really had in, in the big Bitcoin conferences has been a, a 
uh, venue where you can get highly, highly technical information out in front of the community. And so the Texas Bitcoin Conference this year will have a proceedings and we will carry on a proceedings of going forward. And the proceedings of the Texas Bitcoin Conference is going to have those technical papers that go into the kind of depth that you can't go into in a presentation hmm. without without putting everybody to sleep. Right. Know? I mean, frankly, um, a highly technical, highly in-depth presentation is interesting, you know, riveting to 10 people in the audience. <laughs> and the, the other 90 are waiting to, you know, to, to, to do something else. Right. I'm in and the so, other, I'm in the other 90. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with the proceedings, you can have all the technical detail there in a paper, and then they'll get, be able to give a presentation that's either on the paper or peripheral to the paper. Uh -huh. And we can tie the author and the paper together. And when you go searching for some concept, uh, because there's a paper involved, you will see, you may, you may find uh, those keywords connecting to the paper. And then when you don't really want to read, read the paper, you just want to see the summary, you click the video and see the author present the paper. Uh, it'll be a win-win for both the less technical and the more technical to get something out of those topics. Now, hmm. there's another side, another face to Bitcoin, and that is uh, really kind of the what I would call the um, anarchist liberal uh, or, you know, classical liberal uh, libertarian um, side where we want to bank be our own bank we want to do our own thing we want to be able to go on the internet and buy a product and not have a bank involved mm -hmm. um, you had your own statement I've got to let you uh, tell your story here oh yeah so you know people talk to me and they say uh, what is Bitcoin or they come to me and they say I don't really trust this Bitcoin thing and that's because you know they've heard about Bitcoin from reading Time magazine or you know <laughs> CNN or something on the television you know it's just some silliness and I'll say to them look Let's say that you're on the other side of the country or in another state, and I want to send you uh, an MP3 of a song that I just wrote. Well, I just record it and I send it to you. No big deal, right? It doesn't cost me any money. I can send you a 10,000-page document that I've written. Uh, I can send you a video of my dog at the dog park, and I can send you as many photos as I want to. Right? It doesn't cost me a dime. Why, when it's your birthday, and I want to send you $5 so you can go out with your mates and get a pint of beer, why can I not send you $5 without having to pay a third party? And when I say that to people, they look at me and they say, well, I don't know, why can't we do that? And I say, well, because the system, the way the system is set up, will not allow us to send even $5 to our friends without a third party being involved. And that's what Bitcoin does. Now, with Bitcoin, you can. Right. So, you know, that's my view of why. And when it comes to the whole idea of money laundering, which has been one of the silly things that people keep talking about, money laundering is not silly. But, you know, if we look at organized crime in the United States that's still running strong and there in Wall Street and everywhere else around the world, they're using the British pound. They're using the euro, the U.S. dollar, the yen, whatever to launder money. When it comes to Bitcoin, hey, why not just make a rule? OK, if it's under a thousand dollars, who cares about know your customer, blah, blah, blah. Or if it's under a hundred dollars. Who cares about customers? Just go ahead and do it. And certainly for anything that's a $5, $10, whatever transaction, I mean, is anybody laundering money with $5 or $10 or $100? No. We're talking about HSBC and Wachovia laundering billions for the Colombian Mexican drug cartels. That's money laundering, baby, right? right. Let's get real. Let's stop the BS. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, it's not that hard to educate people. I think if you can hit them where it matters to them, because everybody these days, what matters to them 
them is they want the freedom to be able to send their document, their email, their photos to friends and all this. They want to be able to do that. If you started charging them every time they wanted to do that, they're going to say, well, no, I'm not going to do it as much anymore or at all. You know, so that really hits people hard. It's my way of educating people, but it's also my way of saying, hey, here's why I'm involved in Bitcoin. I'm not just an insane individual. You know, it's somebody's birthday. All you want to do is send them a card, a happy birthday song you wrote, and five bucks yeah. so that they can buy a root beer float or they <laughs> yeah. can buy or they can buy a beer or they can uh, put it in their pocket and save for a rainy day. Yeah. Um, and, and, and why can't you do that? Well, let me, let me give you one, a couple of observations. Uh, one is that the current credit card system that we use for paying for things on the internet is a simulation of the technologies of the 60s and 70s. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it there there hasn't been any any uh, payment rail innovation a, in all this time. All we have are better ways of doing the same thing we've been doing ever since we took a piece of plastic, put it in some big metal contraption, and slid it over some carbon people <laughs> to get an imprint. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. We that's the that that is what a credit card used to be, and what a credit card is today is an electronic magnetic strip version of the same sort of slide and 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 stamp thing that yes. we were doing years ago. Now, uh, I would I'd also like to point out that KYC and AML uh, rules are all about uh, money laundering theater. It's not about actually stopping money laundering right. because right now all estimates of drug trade, illicit uh, markets like prostitution and all that sort of stuff. In the United States, these activities account for an estimated $300 plus billion per year. Hmm. Okay, And the Department of Justice seizes $1.5 billion a year. $1.5 billion a year isn't even a credit card fee on all that. Right. And so what you have is a theater that where where there's an act up front that that disincentivizes uh, consumers, you know, it gets in our way of doing business, gets in our way of doing what we want to do, um, causes a huge amount of cost on the individual level while cr- organized crime and corporate fraud and white collar crime goes perfectly unheeded through the system. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very little of this is caught and stopped. And then, you know, you pointed out HSBC and Wachovia and all those guys. You know, those guys made billions and billions of dollars and they paid a fee, but, you know, a fine. But compared to the money they made laundering the money, I, there's no reason to think that they're going to stop. Nobody went to jail. Right. Okay. But in the Bitcoin world, you are catching people. And so one of the things that I, I, I got a, to sit on a panel in front of the um, attorney general's office in New York. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I pointed out to them is because Bitcoin is a perfect immutable ledger, any organization that decided they wanted to use Bitcoin as their money laundering mechanism is creating an immutable ledger of everything that they're doing. Yeah. Why would you do that when all you have to do is run your money across a few international borders, crossing a few jurisdictions, and suddenly it's impossible to chase the money because no one has the authority 
and the resources yep. to dig through all of those uh, jurisdictions and, and force all that information out into the open. And so you have one system that just has privacy for large organizations built in and another system that, that basically with just a little bit of data mining on Bitcoin, any large organization would pop into existence. You would be able to see their activity in the Bitcoin blockchain. And we've already seen that. When Mt. Gox claimed they lost 800,000 Bitcoins, a bunch of Redditors got together. They called for addresses. Uh, different users of Mt. Gox you know, handed them addresses they either sent money to or received money from. Mm -hmm. And with that data, bing, they said, Mt. Gox has control of 200,000 Bitcoins they're claiming are lost. And then a day or two later, Mt. Gox goes, oh, we found 200,000 Bitcoins that we didn't know we had. They were just sitting in our couch cushion. It <laughs> kind of fell out of our pocket while we were watching a movie. We didn't know. you know. But that's an example of how what you can do with Bitcoin. If, yeah. if Wells Fargo says they lost $800,000 or you know, $800 million, whatever, yeah. you just have to believe them. There's no way you can audit what they've done. There's that's no right. way you can look at the records. And there's no way even the authorities can do it. So why not go for an open system? So Absolutely. when I'm talking to these guys, I'm saying Bitcoin has turned the world upside down. Individuals, um, it's absolutely true. I'm going to admit it. Individuals can probably get away with more with Bitcoin. Large organizations pop into view. They can't get away with anything in Bitcoin. That's right. What we have today is individuals can't get rid of, can't get away with anything. But any organization of any particular size has enough complexity in their dealings that you can't find them. You can't, you can't uh, look at their finances. You have to believe what they tell you. And so the question becomes, attorney generals, the staff, <laughs> are you fishing for fish or are you fishing for minnows? Nice. Right? Yep. And so if you want to actually stop the crime in this world, you've got to catch fish, not minnows. Now, what about bit license? Wow, bit license will really make things incredibly difficult to use Bitcoin. That'll keep people away from using it. You know what you've got with, with bit license? You've got a tarp. You know what you can catch with a tarp? You can catch minnows. Yep. You can't catch fish with a tarp, and you can't drag a tarp through the water and catch fish. But with Bitcoin, where you can just see a tiny percentage of the transactions, you know where the tiny percentage of the transactions are going. That's like a net where most of, of the transactions are flowing through, but you're catching a few. That's how you catch fish because fish are big and they can't avoid some of their transactions being uh, logged, some of their transactions being understood. And, and once you have some of them, you can catch the fish. Now, minnows swim right through your net. Okay, come on, give it up. Decide what you're fishing for and then choose your technology. You can either kill Bitcoin and continue your system of catching minnows, or you can actually have real reform, real honesty, where you can catch the real culprits in the world. The big fish. The big fish. Congratulations to Daryl Giors. Daryl is the second and final winner in the great Joe Perry Barbecue Sauce Giveaway 2015. Daryl and his band of derelicts put together their very own musical tribute to Joe Perry. Well, 
Kind of. And here it is for your listening pleasure. Daryl also asked if I would mention their website, which I will right now. That's worldwideweb.iamrambling.com. That's iamrambling.com. This is where their podcast episodes can be found. Thanks, guys. Well done. And roll them. Hey, John Barrett. This is Daryl George. You've seen me in the forums before. And I thought I would just send you a sound bite and take a chance to get some of that barbecue sauce that you have on offer. I'm here with my buddies from Incoherent Ramblings. We have... The wannabe host, Joey. Pablo Jalapeno. Kale. And Daryl. G.I. And what we would love to do is just get some of that delicious sounding... Joe Perry, Rock Your World barbecue Whoa, wait, sauce. Wait, Joe Perry? This is yeah, the, Joe the Perry. rocker guy, right? From yeah, the group. total rock star. Uh, uh, oh, the song. I love the song. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Don't Stop Believing. No, we no, can make no. it like a commercial. No, Hold no, no, on no, to no, that no. barbecue sauce. That's the wrong hand. I'll eat that barbecue sauce faithfully. Oh, no, 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 no. You know no. what, sir? I like to have some barbecue hey. sauce on my ribs. Hey, barbecue sauce, you can have it any way you want. That's, that's the way you need. Stop. Stop barbecue that's sauce. journey, okay? No, Joe Perry, he's the guitarist from Aerosmith. Huh? Is that like Steve Perry's brother? No, the guitarist from Aerosmith. You know, you guys are crazy. It's amazing you don't know this. I think you all need to get a grip. You know, just because I've been in Bitcoin for so long doesn't mean I'm jaded. Well, John, if you liked our submission, I would really appreciate it if you gave us a taste of that really good barbecue sauce. We would appreciate it like love in an elevator. I just said that, didn't I? You did. And now a question that came in from one of our listeners by the name of Advate. Advate writes, Hi, John. I've been listening to your wonderful podcast. Very well done. I am new to the Bitcoin world, and I am now learning all the basics. Question, where are the best places to get info about altcoin pre-sales? For example, the Ether pre-sale and GEMS pre-sales happened a while back. Is there a place that lists news for legitimate upcoming altcoin pre-sales? Thanks for the show, and the music is great. Cheers, Advate. P.S. You're welcome to also answer this on the show if you feel it's worthwhile. Well, Advate, I definitely feel it is worthwhile to answer questions from all of my listeners, but in this case, I'm going to have to defer to my listeners themselves because I personally don't have an answer to this, except to say this, that reading all you can online in the forums and on the various cryptocurrency websites is probably the best way to keep abreast of happenings as they happen and sometimes even before they happen. But if there are any listeners out there who have a better answer than that, please put it in the show notes or drop me a line by way of email to howdy, that's howdy, howdy at bitcoinsandgravy.com. So I am back with Paul Snow in the second half of the show today. Paul is the CEO and architect of Factum. Paul, tell us about Factum, because I know there are people out there who do not even know that Factum exists, but this is some important stuff, and I'd love to hear it from the horse's mouth. Sure. There are a lot of uh, really cool Bitcoin 2.0, beyond the blockchain kind of projects that are out there. You have things like Ethereum, where you can do smart contracts. Next, where you can do 
smart contracts as well as you know every other thing known to man. Um, counterparty, uh, a lot of assets are being traded on the Bitcoin blockchain using the counterparty's protocol, BitShares, and I could go on. And, and basically, all of these projects uh, differ from Factum in one fundamental way. Uh, they actually do something, while Factum really doesn't do anything at all. Factum is not about building an app that you can use to do X. It's about building a general purpose data layer for the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm -hmm. And as a general purpose data layer, it doesn't do anything but record whatever data you give it. And that's it. It's like blank paper. Hmm. It, it, it records, but it doesn't uh, judge. It doesn't validate or verify. It just records your data. Now, uh, Blank paper itself is a bit of a mess. I don't know if you've ever been in my office, but you can <laughs> see stacks of paper and notes and stuff all in you know disorganized piles. And over time, that's really, really not terribly useful. What you want to do is take that paper and put it in a binder you know, so that you basically are adding this paper to a binder or adding this paper to a book and um, as you use it. So that way you can keep it organized and keep it in order. Mm -hmm. And so Factum does the same sort of thing. If recording general purpose data can be thought of as a blank page, the Factum chains that you're able to create are like binders or books, you know, filled with blank paper. And you can imagine it this way. You open your book, you write on the page. When you turn that page and submit it to the Factum protocol, the contents become immutable. You can't modify them. You can't delete them. And you can't backdate something in front of it. Hmm. So you essentially get an ordered list of data as you placed it into the Factum protocol. Now, what can you use such a thing for? Now, there are uses for Factum. You can build on top of this a system to record the process of creating a land title and then subsequently record the exchanges of value, record uh, surveys of the property, record inspections, record any other kinds of information. Public records or what have you, right. Yeah, the paviance of the land can be recorded as well as exchanges of ownership. And so basically the point of factum is that there are a lot of problems out there that are coin problems, that are asset trading problems, you know, basically tracking the ownership of something. Mm -hmm. But there's a much, much larger set of problems and business processes that are just about recording data, and it has nothing to do with a coin at all. Right. It's just about recording data. Like medical records, for instance. Well, medical records is a very interesting concept because a doctor or a hospital has to be able to prove that they have certain business processes in place to keep medical records safe. And so certainly you want to make sure that the medical records have not been changed, altered, post-backdated, or anything else, right? Right. But you also want to make sure that the people 
handling your records, have gone through the proper training, that have had the proper background checks, that the proper security is placed on the computers that are holding the records, or if they're paper records, the proper physical security has been established. Mm -hmm. You know, who has gone into the room where they can access the computer or access the records. There's so many business processes around the medical records, including the medical records that Factum can uh, help with. And the key observation is that lies are generally about the past. You know, there's no point in really lying about something that hasn't happened yet. Right. When I say that the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl next year, I'm not lying. Right. I'm probably wrong, but I'm not <laughs> lying. And the fact that I'm, that I'm probably wrong may keep me awake tonight because I really, really, really want the Saints to win a second Super Bowl. Um, but, but, but I'm just wrong. I'm not lying. Now, if I said the Saints won the last Super Bowl, now I'm lying because I'm lying about the past. Yeah. Now, if you're having to record and go on record in the present about the data that you use to make decisions, it becomes incredibly difficult to lie about what went into a decision. Yeah. You know, and so it's very difficult to know today what lie you want to tell tomorrow. Hmm. Now, some people might be good at it, but the vast majority of people and vast majority of businesses and the vast majority of business processes, um, lying about, about something in the future is just too difficult to do. So Factum brings a technology that can insert honesty in many, many business transactions. And one guy pointed out, to me in a conversation that if the government has all these records, they can go in and just change the ownership. They can just say, we are seizing this property. And my response is absolutely they can. But what they can do today is they can go to the property, bulldoze it and say, we've always owned it. How can anyone tell the difference? But at least with factum, they'll have to admit this property existed. It belonged to this person, but we took it. Right. And it's the fact that you can hold parties accountable for their action that that is the real reform because we do not have a regulatory compliance problem in the world or in the U.S. What we have is a law compliance problem. And so it's not about how what kind of regulations we need to establish and make everybody follow. The question is, how can you force people to follow the law. Yeah. And if you can mathematically, you know, if I go look at regulations, the body of regulations, a good chunk of them are there just to create records that the courts can later trust. Yeah. Well, all those regulations go away with a simple statement, put it in factum. Yeah. You know, back it up with the blockchain. Factum won't be the only technology that does this. There's, there are already proof of existence and proof of process systems that people are building. But the point is, we now know how to go to business and say, you can record what you're doing as you do it, and we will hold you responsible for what you record. Yeah, I love it. So Factum can be used for all kinds of things, public records, insurance, safety audits, medical records, as you mentioned. You can track the creative process so that you can prove that you were the author of, say, the Bitcoin song. What's the title? The title is Ode to Satoshi, in parentheses, the official Bitcoin song. That's part of the title. People are thinking that I'm saying this is the official. No, that's actually part of the title. <laughs> hey, that's a great way to do it. Uh, you know, next time I go to name a conference, it's going to be 
Texas Bitcoin <laughs> Conference, the most popular <laughs> conference in the world. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> having that as the title. But I think you guys are also talking about not just these serious things like land title records and public records, but also you guys can hash some fun things like I think you mentioned the Human Genome Project, uh, the works yes. of Shakespeare, Plato, Aristotle, all of the world's alphabets. With Factum, the possibilities are endless. They really are. I mean, even look at Hillary Clinton. She's in a bunch of uh, hot water about emails. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a sec. Do I have to look at Hillary Clinton? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. She, yeah, come on. She's, uh, she's, she's not so bad. I don't want to look. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nothing about her I want to look at. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to her presidency. Um, and, 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 <laughs> well, and in any case, you, but look at this hot water she's gotten into with her emails. The fact is, with the emails, she can't prove that she didn't delete any. She can't prove she didn't modify any. She can't prove that the emails that she is taking out of the group are, in fact, personal. Right. And yet, with Factum, she can actually list them out. And they could have been factimized so that there was a actual list of uh, hashes that prove that the email hasn't been modified, that prove it was written when you said it was, that prove that nothing was backdated. And, you know, this is the complete list. And because she yeah. can create her own book and she can put all her hashes into her own book, nobody else has to know what the meaning of those things are. She has perfect privacy in this case. Right. But um, one of the things about the personal uh, emails is that she can prove that these are all the personal emails and she can go to a trusted third party uh, that that people will trust and maybe two or three and have them review the emails and ensure that they're all personal and, and come back and say, yes, we've all looked at it and they're all personal. And they can also factimize uh, the fact that they looked at all of those emails and people can then look at their audit and see that at least these parties are claiming that they opened each email. Right. right. You can factimize the process. And so this is the thing that the electronic world has never had is this ability to record the past in a way that nobody can say, oh, well, you ran two machines at the same time. You fed some of the data to that one, some of the data to that one. You ended up with two versions of the past and then you picked which version you wanted mm -hmm. later on. That's one of the things about all of the current systems is that there's nothing that's so public and so worked over with proof of work that nobody could possibly counterfeit it. And yet we have with Factum and the fact that Factum is inheriting the proof of work of Bitcoin mm -hmm. for the data layer, that basically we can say Bitcoin is a witness. This is the, the ledger for Factum. And Factum can say, here are the books, here are the records, you can prove it. And you basically have this Bitcoin proof of that uh, data. And I love that. So you're talking about something being factimized, and I love that. Uh, I love that word factimized. And, you know, it's funny because if you think about it, like the way we live now, we've got all this technology all around us, right? We're just right. surrounded by technology more and more and more, faster, faster, more storage every day. And yet we're still, I'm a notary, right? I'm a notary public, yep. but we're still, you know, basically stuck back in the, the days of Charles Dickens. I'll come and notarize that for you. Here's my stamp. And I'll, I mean, it's ridiculous. So <laughs> you, know, but you, like, you get a nice embossing, right? Oh, yeah. I've got a really nice embossing. 
embosser, man. You can't touch oh, my embosser. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, fact, no, I, fa- dude, I, Factum's got nothing on my embosser, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to touch your embosser. <laughs> hey, Paul, you stay away from my embosser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got it. There's something I can give you. Guarantee. <laughs> but really, I mean, something like Factum only makes sense. This is where we should be going. And of course, Factum is the platinum sponsor of the Texas Bitcoin Conference this year. Is that right? Yes. Factum is excited to be the platinum sponsor of the Texas Bitcoin Conference. We have a bunch of announcements that we'll be making of real-world applications of the blockchain that will be uh, put in place within months. I mean, certainly by the end of the year, we're going to be seeing countries using the blockchain to create more honest and auditable systems. You know, because the developing world, that's their problem. They have to have honest systems, and yet, you know, it's very difficult for them to build systems that are respected in the Western world. So they've got to up their game. We will see, just like cell phones took over Africa long before they took over the U.S., Mm -hmm. we're going to see these uh, technologies move in the developing world. Man, it's really exciting stuff. And so, Paul, I am really looking forward to seeing you and to meeting you at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. And before we go, I want you to admit one thing. Okay. Probably the Texas Bitcoin Conference would not be so well organized were it not for someone very special in your life. And who is that? <laughs> Linda, my wife. She, <laughs> nice. She's the manager of the uh, Texas Bitcoin Conference. She's uh, She has more organizational skills in her left little finger <laughs> than I have in my entire body. Wow. And so, uh, yes, I, I, I am totally indebted to my wife and, and indebted to a bunch of other people uh, like Stephen Wilkinson and David Johnston and Tiana um, Lawrence and, and Peter Kirby and a bunch of other people. But the college cryptocurrency network has done a lot for us and many others. I could give a bunch of acknowledgements, but I'll leave it at that. Okay, great. And one last thing, Paul, before we go, tell our listeners the best way that they can get in touch with you and to find out more about the Texas Bitcoin Conference. Um, Everybody, you need to go to the TexasBitcoinConference.com to learn all about the Texas Bitcoin Conference. And if you want to learn about Factum, go to Factum.org. And uh, you will be able to access white paper, consensus algorithm, the videos, everything. Um, Those are two great sources. And from there, you can go into all of our mass media, uh, social media. And there's a bunch of that, too. It was really great talking to you, John. You too. Hey, Paul, that's totally crypto. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Paul Snow, the chairman of the Texas Bitcoin Conference and the CEO and architect of Factum. Paul, thank you so much for your time and for being on Bitcoins and Gravy. Okay, great. Well, I hope to return. All right, man. Hey, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And if anyone is new to the Let's Talk Bitcoin network, here's an announcement about magic words. Hidden in each episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is a magic word. I know that it may sound absurd, but listen for the magic word and you can earn LTB coin. First, set up a free account at letstalkbitcoin.com. Then tune in to your favorite LTB podcast. And when you hear the magic word, don't delay. Submit it to your account, and by doing so, you will earn a portion of the week's LTB coin distribution. Setting up an LTB account has always been fast and easy, and now it's profitable. And while we're on the subject, today's magic word is snow. S-N-O-W. 
W, as in the sentence, Paul Snow and his wife Linda, along with a cast of thousands, have been working overtime to bring us the Texas Bitcoin Conference. The Texas Bitcoin Conference promises to be this year's most compelling Bitcoin conference, March 27th through 29th, 2015. Come join us in Texas, the cryptocurrency-friendly state, and learn about how Bitcoin 2.0 and blockchain will impact tomorrow's ultra-connected and decentralized world of technology, business, and society. And great news listeners, our transcription page is now live on the website thanks to the continuing hard work of one of our loyal listeners who is also a consultant to the show. All new show transcripts will be rolled out approximately one week following the release of each podcast. We are also working on eventually going back and transcribing all of the archived episodes starting with episode number 51 and working our way back until we hit the very first episode, episode number one. Numero uno of Bitcoins and Gravy. Our ultimate goal is to have every single episode of Bitcoins and Gravy transcribed and available to you, the listener, for free. These professional transcriptions are provided each week by one of our fans who can be found at diaryofafreelancetranscriptionist.com. And of course, you can find a link to this website in the weekly show notes. And I'd like to give a shout out to Mother Nature. Mother Nature, thank you so much for all you have given us, and thank you for the springtime. I am ready. The cabin fever was getting me down. And to celebrate that, I would like to play one of my favorite songs written by Nashville's very own Elijah Lidge Shaw. Lidge wrote this song last year with his daughter Soraya. And here it is for your listening pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, spring is an amazing thing. Amazing thing with the birds and the bees and the flowers. Go 
Spring is an amazing thing with the birds and the bees and the flowers. You go outside and you play all day and you don't come in for hours. Well, spring, spring is an amazing thing with the birds and the bees and the flowers. You go outside and you play all day and you don't come in for hours. And I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Mr. Paul Snow, the mastermind behind the Texas Bitcoin Conference coming up this weekend, March 27th, 28th, and 29th there in Austin, Texas. We're going to have a great time downtown, folks, so come and join us. And remember, listeners, please check the show notes at letstalkbitcoin.com for details about the show and links to what we talked about during the show. Please feel free also to post a comment in the comments section right below the show notes there at Let's Talk Bitcoin. You can also check out my website, which is bitcoinsandgravy.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud. And if you're so inclined, please feel free to leave me a tip in Litecoin or Bitcoin, and that will help keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle. Signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm John Barrett with my trusty Siberian Husky Maxwell by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) And remember, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be He gave us all a protocol this world had never seen Or Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Oh Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, oh Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as 
Cause you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin I know you're going to rain Going to rain Till everybody knows Everybody knows Till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows Everybody knows Till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name Sing it Oh Lord Pass me some more Oh Lord Before I have to go Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh Lord, before I have to go Oh, 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 oh,